You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. going to do this and yet he was so gentle with him he is that tender with you too in the midst of your failure in the midst of your problems he is so gentle and so loving to you all he wants you to do is recognize who he is and come to him he just wants you to trust in him with everything you have he is so gentle and tender he's not carrying a great big wooden spoon around looking to whack you upside the head with it he loves you The idea that God loves us even in our failure can be one of the hardest things to understand. We don't do a great job of loving others when they mess up, so how could God love us? Pastor Dave will share today that when we come to God and say, Father, I messed up, He will open His arms and say, We can take care of that. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 13 as he begins his message, Take heed lest you fall. Today, we are going to finish a chapter, finally finish chapter 13. And as I like to say, don't expect these little treats every day. We're going to finish chapter 13. So if you will turn into your Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter 13. Specifically, we're looking at today verses 36 through 38, John 13. What a great time we've been having In the Gospel of John, it's been a wonder to us as we study his word. If you have found your way there, I would like to read aloud, if you would please read along silently. John 13, beginning in verse 36. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. Jesus answered him, will you lay down your life for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. So let me begin today by asking a question. Have you ever heard the phrase, Words are cheap. Or maybe you've heard the phrase, actions speak louder than words. Maybe you've heard those things. Maybe you've said that you would do something for someone, and when the time came, you discovered that you could not do the very thing that you said, indeed, that you would do. Seems to happen when we boast about being able to accomplish something, when we boast of ourselves, when we boast about being strong in a certain area of our lives, or when we compare our lives to others. We look at someone else's life, and we say things like, oh, I would never do that, only to find out that that is the very thing that we seem to do. 
I know that's never happened to you because, as I said before, you guys are much more spiritual than I. So I know that has happened to me. But have you ever cried out to the Lord in such a way, asking him to take something from you? Have you cried out to the Lord and asked him, Lord, I want to surrender this to you right now, and I give it to you fully and honestly, only to take it back five minutes later? Did you ever find that your commitment to Jesus was much stronger in words? But when it came time to put it into practice, you fell kind of short. Yeah. When this is happening, we're placing too much confidence in ourselves. We're misplacing our confidence. We're looking at ourselves as if in us we can do something without the Lord. And sadly, there are many times in our lives when we actually place our confidence in our flesh. We place our confidence in the physical instead of placing our confidence in the spiritual. We place our confidence in ourselves instead of him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. That's what I see happening today in our verses. That's exactly what I see happening today in our verses as we come into this study, as we slide into the end of John 13. Let me recap very quickly. In John 13, Jesus has been celebrating the Passover with his disciples. After supper, he demonstrated true humility. He humbled himself took on the form of a servant and washed the feet of each disciple. He then identified his betrayer as Judas Iscariot. And Judas left the room quickly to do the dastardly deed that he was to do. And after Judas's departure, Judas then turns his entire attention to his guys, his disciples. And he's trying to prepare them for what is about to happen. He's trying to prepare them and get them ready for all the turmoil that's going to take place in a very, very short time, in a very, very few hours. He said to them, the time had come. The time is now. Now is the time. What did he mean? He meant his hour had finally come. The time where he would go to a cross and die the time where he would be lifted up on a cruel Roman cross. He would be beaten. He would be scourged. The time is now. The time for him to be glorified and the time that God the Father would also be glorified. And he was speaking of his imminent death, like I said, which was only mere hours away. As we studied verse 33, he said to them, little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me, as he said, as he said to the Jews, where I'm going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, love one another. And he tells them, this new commandment I have to you, love one another as I have loved you. By this will you will know that you're my disciples by the love you have for one another. But as we look, we see Peter not really interested in the love commandment. It's as if Peter didn't even hear him talking about loving one another. 
Peter heard that he was going away, and Peter was focused on what he had said. Have you ever talked to somebody that that happened to you? Where you say a bunch of things, and you're trying to get to the point, and they're focused on something way back here that you said, and they bring it up, because that's what they're focused on. They didn't hear anything else you said except that one thing. Well, that's where Peter is. He's stuck on the one thing. Jesus said, I'm leaving. Jesus said, I'm leaving. He was focused on that. So Peter, being Peter, speaks up. Look at verse 36a. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? It's a simple question. Lord, where are you going? He impulsively speaks out. He probably looked around and thought, well, nobody else is going to say it, so I'm going to say it. Where are you going? He thought he was speaking for the crowd. Why? Because it appears that everybody was confused. It appears that everybody didn't know what was happening, even though, go back through all four Gospels, time and time and time again, Jesus mentions going to Jerusalem, suffering at the hands of the religious leaders, getting crucified. He mentions that time and time again. Way back in John 7, Jesus said to the Jews almost the same thing. He said, I will be with you in just a little while longer, and then I'm going to him who sent me. You will seek me, but you won't find me. For I am going, you cannot come. Then the Jews said the same thing. Where's this guy going? What do you mean he's going away? What do you mean we can't find him? They didn't understand. And it seems like the disciples are just confused as they were. So Jesus restated his assertion. Look at 36b. Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterward. Interesting. Notice the difference between what Jesus said to the disciples and what Jesus said to the Jews. To the Jews, he simply said, you cannot come. But to his disciples, he said, you cannot follow me now. Key word. But you shall follow me afterward. We'll get to that in a minute. This doesn't satisfy Peter. Does that surprise you? It doesn't satisfy Peter. So look at verse 37a. Peter said to him, Lord, why can't I go with you? Why, what, what do you mean you're going somewhere? Why, why can't I go? Why can't I follow you? I love this about Peter. I really do. I am enamored to Peter. And you know, if you look at Peter, you know, you look at if you're honest, there's a lot of Peter in all of us. <laughs> a lot of him in all of us, if we look at it honestly. But I love this about Peter. What did he want to do? He wanted to follow Jesus anywhere and everywhere he went. He wanted to know, where are you going, Lord? What do you mean I can't follow you? I'm your disciple. Remember me, the fisherman? You called upon me? Remember I said thou art the Christ, son of the living God? Come on. What do you mean I can't follow you? He wanted to be with Jesus, and I love this. And Jesus knew it. But Jesus also knew that Peter could not follow him right now. Where Jesus was going, Peter couldn't go right now. The disciples couldn't go right now because Jesus had to go to a cross. Jesus had to go to a cross. Jesus was on his way back to the Father, and he had to go to the cross. But notice he said, you will follow me. You will definitely follow me later. 
You'll be able to come to me later. In other words, he's saying, you'll be able to see me in heaven again. You'll be able to come to me later. And this is kind of prophetic because we know that Peter himself was crucified. The tradition says he was crucified upside down. But nevertheless, he did follow Jesus Christ to a cross and eventually to heaven. But right now, Peter doesn't understand what Jesus is talking about. And in fairness, neither did any of the other disciples. So he emotionally then speaks. He starts to get a hint of what Jesus might be saying, and his emotion wells up to him, and he says, I will lay down my life for you. I will lay down my life for you. And you can hear this emotion building up in Peter. So Peter now affirms his love for Jesus. He affirms his love for Jesus. Remember, Jesus said, greater love hath no man than he lay down his life for his friend. Peter is saying, I love you so much that I will die for you. I will lay my life down for you. Lord, I love you so much, and I will give my life. Hence, remember when we said words are cheap? Words are easy to speak, but actions speak louder than words. It's one thing to say it. It's one thing to come out with it and say it, but it's quite different to do it when the time comes. Careful, Peter. Take heed lest you fall. Don't let your mouth get ahead of you. Be careful of good intentions without action. Many, many times I think I've said things to Christ that were in the emotion of the moment, and I really meant them. I had good intentions of what I said. But when it came to the place where the rubber met the road, I failed miserably. Now, I think that being emotional about the Lord is good. I'm in favor of making a commitment to him. And I think it's good to express our love and total surrender to him. But there needs to be action. And this is huge. The commitment in words must be followed by an action that supports those words. There must be action. There must be noticeable action that supports those words. We can just not blow smoke. We must support our commitment with actions. So Jesus takes Peter's words and he gives them right back to him in the form of a question himself. Look at 38a. Jesus answered him, will you lay down your life for my sake? (laughs) Will you? Will you? What Jesus said, in my opinion, must have cut Peter to the quick. Must have cut Peter to the quick. And we'll get to this when we get to chapter 20 when Jesus restores Peter in that beautiful, beautiful scenario when he says, Peter, do you love me? And you can almost hear Peter, Peter's voice cracking. Lord, you know I love you. You know I love you. But this must have cut Peter terribly. This must have cut Peter too. Will you? What do you mean? You're questioning me? You're questioning my faith? You're questioning me? Look what Jesus says. Most assuredly, I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. This must have taken the breath right out of Peter. This must have taken his breath right away. Me? Jesus knew that Peter was making a rash statement. He knew that Peter wanted to lay down his life for him. He knew that Peter had good intentions about laying his life down for him. But he also knew the reality that soon would come true. He knew that Peter was going to deny him three times. But what 
don't you hear in these words? And maybe I read too much in them and I look at it and say, what don't you hear? I don't hear harshness. I don't hear a harshness in Jesus' tone. I don't hear that. I don't hear condemnation in Jesus' voice when he informed Peter's and Harris. What do I hear? I hear a love and tenderness. I hear a tenderness in Jesus. I hear a tenderness in Jesus. Jesus knows that this will be one of the most difficult trials that Peter is ever going to have to face. In fact, this is recorded in all four Gospels. And in Luke, Dr. Luke says something incredible about this scene. Dr. Luke has Jesus saying to Peter, Satan has desired you that he might sift you like wheat. But I've prayed for you, Peter. Imagine that. I've prayed for you, Peter. I've prayed for you. And then he says this statement, which just absolutely makes me weak in the knees. He says to Peter, and when you have returned, strengthen my brethren. Oh, I love that. I love that. You know, there's something really really enamoring about Simon Peter. You know, we get this vision of this big hunk of a guy, fisherman, you know, with Popeye arms. And after all, if you pulled nets all the time with fish in them, you've had big arms too, wouldn't you? I mean, come on. We got this big vision of this guy, probably got a beard, probably doesn't have the best clothes in the world, probably is not the sharpest or snappiest dresser, you know. He's a lo lovable lug. This big old guy, physical stature. And we also get this impression of some guy who's impulsive. Who, if it's on his mind, he speaks it. You know, if it's there, he, he calls it like it is, you know. But he's always getting into trouble. He's always getting in trouble. Thou art the Christ, son of the living God. So flesh and blood didn't tell you that, Simon Peter, but you're my father in heaven by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, now I have to go to Jerusalem and go to the... No, oh, no, no, you can't do that, Lord. Get behind me, Satan. I just called you son of God. Lord, it's good for us to be here. Isn't it great to be on this mountain? There's Elijah and Moses and everybody. Isn't this great? Let's build three temples. We're going down below. Come on, Peter. You gotta love this guy. Peter says everything that we're thinking. Come on. Everything that we think, Peter says. I, I love him. I love him. And sometimes it was right and very good. And then other times it was wrong and very wrong. I mean, how would you like Jesus to call you Satan? Get behind me. Oh, oh, wait a minute. But Jesus said to him, Peter, Satan has asked for you. He wants to sift you as wheat. He's asked for you. But I prayed for you that your faith isn't going to fail, Peter. And I believe that the prayer of Jesus was answered. I don't believe Peter's problem was lack of faith. I don't believe Peter's problem was lack of faith. Oh, he failed as a witness big time. Peter failed as a witness big time. He always believed the Lord. And Jesus says to him, when you return to me, strengthen your brothers. When we make our statements of devotion and commitment to the Lord, I wonder how many times he repeats them back to us. When we say things like, Lord, I'm going to do this for you. Does he say, will you? <laughs> will you? you? You sure? Will you really want to do that? He knows in a moment we'll probably be failing under the pressure of the moment. I love how Jesus is so gentle with Peter. 
I love how he knew that Peter was going to do this, and yet he was so gentle with him. He is that tender with you too. In the midst of your failure, in the midst of your problems, he is so gentle and so loving to you. All he wants you to do is recognize who he is and come to him. He just wants you to trust in him with everything you have. He is so gentle and tender. He's not carrying a great big wooden spoon around looking to whack you upside the head with it. He loves you. He didn't make a big issue over Peter's false boasting. He did not tell Peter about his failure or condemning way. He wasn't harsh with Peter. It was just a matter of fact. Peter was smarting. He was hurting from the words Jesus had said. He was hurting. He was really, really hurting. He didn't know what else to do. And then Jesus says, take a minute and look at 14.1. Look at 14.1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. You know, I always thought that Jesus was speaking to all the disciples when he said this. I always thought that Jesus was speaking to all the disciples, and he probably was. He, he probably was, since he was getting ready to go to the cross. But is he looking at Peter? Does he see the hurt on Peter's face by what he just said? And as he's speaking to Peter, as he looks at Peter, sees the hurt in his face, and he says, let not your heart be troubled, Peter. You believe in God? Believe in me. I mean, I just get this feeling that Jesus is trying to reach out to He knew that Peter would have a troubled heart. He knew that Peter's heart would be broken. We read, after the failure, what happens? Peter goes out and he weeps bitterly. He weeps bitterly over his failure to say that he was with Jesus. He weeps bitterly. I don't know about you. Like I said, you're so much more spiritual than I, but I've made promises to Jesus that I have not kept. I've made promises to the Lord that I have not kept. And many times, because of those promises, because of me not keeping promise, I have tasted bitter tears. I have been upset because I couldn't keep the promise that I made to my Lord and Savior. After what he did for me on the cross, I couldn't keep a lousy promise. And it brought me to tears. I've tasted the tears of failure. And when that happens in your life, know one thing. There's somebody out there that wants to take advantage of that time and try to separate you from Jesus Christ. That's when the evil one comes in and he says, well, you know what? Because you failed him, he's disgusted with you. He don't want any part of you anymore. Oh, man, he thinks you're the dregs of the earth, man. He's going to leave you in the dust. That is so far from the truth. But we buy into the lie. We buy into the lie and we become even more crushed. We become even more upset. We get even more isolated. The truth of the matter is when we fail in the weakness of our heart, when we're struggling, Jesus looks at us and says, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Have faith in me. Believe in me. The problem is we believed in ourselves. We thought that we were capable. You are a sure.
The Gospel of John was written from a perspective that provides an eyewitness account of what happened during the life of Jesus here on earth. Different than the other three Gospels, John's book describes Jesus in ways that confirm him as the Son of God. There are things done and said that can only point to Jesus being far more powerful than what a human could do. In the Old Testament, God referred to himself as, I am. In this book, John recounts how Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and I am the resurrection and the life. These were bold statements, but Jesus proved throughout his ministry that they were indeed true. He lived a life that compelled people to follow at that time, to seek him out, and to commit their lives. And we can also follow him today. If you missed any part of today's teaching, or you'd like to listen to additional messages from Pastor Dave, visit assurehoperadio.com. Perhaps you were listening, you realized that you have some questions about faith, and maybe even about salvation. We'd be happy to talk with you and provide some resources to answer your questions. Give us a call at 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. You can also click on the Jesus tab at assurehoperadio.com. This will provide you with a succinct picture of who Jesus is and how he can change your life. Thank you again for taking the time to learn about God's word today. We hope you'll join us again next time on Assure Hope.